You're listening to Jet Nation Radio, the official podcast of JetNation.com. The largest independent fan site in the NFL. Be sure to check out our forums and talk all things Jets with thousands of other diehard Jets fans. Now to get you up to date on all the latest Jets news, notes, and quotes, here are your hosts, Dylan Terriman and Alex Varallo. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Jet Nation Radio. <clears throat> this is your host, Alex Varallo. Uh, just checking in after the Super Bowl has been completed. The 2021 season has come to an end, and we are beginning the conversation for 2022. Uh, it all starts here, folks, and uh, would like to quickly thank our sponsor, Mile Social, for their support. If you're a business owner and you're looking to improve your social media status, please go to milesocial.com and see what they can do for you. That's M-I-L-E-S-O-C-I-A-L.com. So, uh, as I said, the Super Bowl is in the books. Congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams. I must admit, I was pulling for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Looks like they came up short. Um, did feel like there was a little bit of influence from the referees at the end, uh, a couple questionable passing interference calls against the, the Bengals that gave the Rams literally the ball on the goal line, and it was a pretty easy score for uh, the Rams. Uh, basically, they just dialed up Cooper Cup as much as they could, and uh, nobody, uh, especially Eli Apple, poor guy, um, could contend with him. Uh, nobody probably is uh, feeling like they want to disappear more than Eli Apple um, with all the times that, you know, he got picked on and uh, those big calls that were, were uh, called against him. You know, from the New York side, a lot of my Giants uh, uh, fans that are friends of mine, you know, were uh, chirping in on the Eli Apple comments. So congratulations to the Rams. Um, and, you know, I hope that uh, – the Bengals can make another run because they uh, definitely had themselves a really, really good year. And if there's anything to be learned uh, from the Bengals, they definitely have shown that if you make the right moves in free agency and you get it right in the draft, you can make that jump from being a bottom tier team to a Super Bowl contending team. And that's what they did within a couple of years, a few years rather, uh, with Joe Burrow being at the helm. So uh, if I'm saying anything, there may be a little bit of hope for this New York Jets team. We just have to create a good blueprint, stick to it, and, you know, hope that, you know, luck is on our side because that's what a lot of it does entail as well as luck. But, um, yeah, I do feel that, uh, you know, the Jets need to kind of copy and paste what some of these other teams have done that have gone from the bottom of the basement to top tier uh, within a few years. <clears throat> so uh, tonight I will be uh, hosting solo. Dylan uh, was not feeling too well, and uh, Glenn's doing more of the YouTube scene for us. So tonight I am, I'm running solo. So it'll be a little bit shorter than normal, but uh, we do have some, some things that we need to discuss and I'm going to start the conversation for 2022 and address some of the weakest and biggest needs on this Jets roster. 
you know, this is the time of the year where we're starting to talk about draft picks. We're starting to talk about free agents and, and tagging players, resigning players, all that stuff. So tonight I'm just going to take a, a little step into the conversation. I'm going to leave some of it uh, for when Dylan and I link up again. But tonight I'm going to talk about three positional needs on the offense and then three positional needs on defense. And then I'm going to uh, just give some brief information of a couple top-tier players that maybe the Jets will be interested in that they, you know, possibly should target and, you know, um, specific players that could help us, you know, create a better roster for next season and get us ready for the draft so that we're not reaching for uh, rookies to fill major positions. So tonight we're getting it started with the free agency conversation. Okay. So uh, we are, just so we know, today is the 15th, and we're about two weeks uh, or about away from the NFL Combine, which starts on March 1st. So we're going to have draft, uh, you know, talking conversations on this podcast at length within the next couple weeks. I think the combine is a really, really big tool for setting the big board of where these NFL prospects are going to fall. Um, A lot of players are going to move up the ladder. Some might slide down. Some might be right where we thought they were. And for anyone that is looking at the draft countdown, we are officially 71 days away from the draft. Uh, That's going to be here before we know it. That's about just under two and a half months. So a lot of good things are are on the way, and a lot of good uh, conversations are coming up as well. So let's go right into the conversation tonight in regards to the Jets' biggest needs. I'm going to start on the offensive side. What I feel are the three positions that the Jets need to focus in on to improve their offensive numbers and just to give you guys some ranking statistics here last year the Jets were 26th um, as far as the rankings in offense that's total offense combined and then as far as scoring points they were 28th which is the fourth worst in the league so uh, the Jets did not do a very good job at scoring points obviously Uh, that's why our record was not so great and why we're drafting fourth overall in the draft. So there's a lot of improvement that needs to be made on the offensive side. I'm going to start it off right in the trenches on where the Jets need to go. I believe the weakest spot on this roster is the interior offensive line. That would be specifically the right guard position. Um, I'm not going to uh, you know, point fingers at particular players and things like that. This just happens to be one of those spots for the last few years that uh, – has been a a glaring weak spot for this offense. So uh, that you would think would be an easy fix. Maybe this uh, position gets filled in free agency or possibly the Jets have somebody on their mind that they want to try to draft on day one or day two that they feel can be an immediate starter. I don't know if that's the best plan to do. Um, You know, as of right now, they have – a, a couple of uh, young offensive linemen 
We know that the tackle position is probably going to be the most talked about and the most dramatic as George Fant and Makai Becton are going to be competing for the left tackle position. We assume that whomever loses that uh, position is going to move to the other side and play right tackle. So that is always going to be a focal point on, on where the Jets go. If they decide to get resources in free agency at the tackle position, it's very telling that they're not going to be uh, using one of those top 10 picks, the fourth or the 10th pick at the tackle position. If they happen to address that, let's say that they re-sign a Morgan Moses and he's, you know, penciled in as the right tackle, then it's just basically up to Becton and Fant to uh, play for or compete for that left tackle spot. So that's pretty interesting there. Um, So I have right guard as the weakest spot right now uh, on this roster. I also feel that wide receiver depth is a factor for this team. Uh, Near the end of the season, the Jets wide receivers uh, group was completely depleted. Uh, You know, we had Mims, who was completely missing in action. Uh, We lost Corey Davis on the year to the IR. Uh, Elijah Moore, who is our most promising wide receiver in his rookie season, he got injured in the later weeks of the season. He was supposed to come back, but it didn't happen. The Jets decided to let him heal his body, which is very smart. So I, I do feel that the second biggest or biggest need and weakest spot on the offense is wide receiver. And then the third position, which I believe is a massive void right now for talent um, in all sorts of aspects is the tight end position. The Jets do not have a good blocking tight end. They do not have a good receiving tight end uh, for heaven's sakes. Um, That was probably one of the most, uh, confusing positions as far as the rotation was concerned. Um, We started out the year with a Chris Herndon, and then he was traded, and then they brought in Tyler Craw. He got injured very early in the process. They tried to get Trayvon Wesco in there. He got injured, then it seemed like he got benched for a little while, then he had to come back due to other players getting hurt, like Ryan Griffin. We traded Daniel Brown and then ended up acquiring him off of waivers later in the season. He came in for a spot start, got injured, got knocked out for the season. The tight end position was just a a royal hot mess. And, uh, you know, that is most definitely something that they are going to have to address in free agency and I hope in the draft as well. The NFL draft class for the tight end group is very deep. Uh, people are talking about this tight end class as being, you know, generational talent and the deepest that they've seen in probably over a decade. So the Jets have four picks within the first 40 uh, selections, a couple early second rounders, as as well as our fourth and our tenth pick in the first round. So I'm kind of hoping that with one of those second round picks, if there's a McBride available, um, Trey McBride who's, you know, being talked about as the number one overall tight end in the uh, class. If he's still available, I think that would be absolutely awesome. But as far as um, free agents, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to briefly go over some of the top tier names that I saw in the free agent class uh, for 2022. So we're going to start it off with the guards. 
Um, this is someone that I believe the Jets, or, and, and on this show as well, I've been talking about uh, for the last couple of years, that's uh, Brandon Treff. He is <clears throat> no spring chicken. Um, he's nearing, you know, the golden years, getting toward, you know, 30 years old. I believe he might be around 28 or 29. He's turning this year. Um, but, you know, we look at guys like Whitworth from the Rams who just played in the Super Bowl, and that guy's playing into his 40s. So really can't um, count off these older offensive linemen. Um, they seem to be prolonging their careers as we uh, continue to go by here. Another name, Andrew Norwell, and then lastly, Trey Turner. Now, I know that Trey Turner was somebody that was talked about last year in free agency or possibly two years ago, <clears throat> and uh, he, he will be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, so if the Jets, you know, don't want to wait until draft day to find a starter, a rookie starter, um, maybe finding somebody with experience like one of the three guys that I mentioned might be the easiest way to solidify the interior aspect of the offensive line. Uh, they will end up spending, you know, top dollar on a, on a Shreff or a Norwell, but you might find a better uh, deal with a, a Trey Turner. Maybe they do something similar to the George Fant and the Connor McGovern deal um, that they have out there where it's around, you know, three years, $30 million with an opt-out clause after the second year. Uh, you can get interesting with something like that. Um, in the event that they do draft an interior offensive lineman in the draft, you know, they'll have a vet holding down the spot until that, you know, draft prospect is ready to, to grab the reins. So that could be a short-term fix, and then you go to the draft, try to find a long-term solution. That could be one of the better ways to solidify the right guard position. Now, wide receivers is the next position I'm going to talk about. Now, as far as the free agent class and the draft is concerned, there's a lot of wide receiver talent to be had this year. This is definitely a position that I feel the Jets should easily be able to fix. If they do decide to allocate some money um, in free agency, you know, some big names that are out there is like Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Chris Godwin. Now, these guys top tier, you know, Devontae Adams, got to mention them, but I don't think the Jets will be in the market for these players. Um, you know, these are the type of players where guy, teams that are on the cusp or have already been knocking on the door for the playoffs can allocate money like that if they have weak spots at wide receiver. Um, the Jets kind of need to fill more core positions. Uh, but if they do decide to, you know, stick their toes in the water in the free agency market for wide receivers, there's a lot of talent out there that they can go get either for one-year show-me deals or, you know, short-term uh, you know, plug-and-play kind of deals. Now, some other names that are out there are guys like Allen Robinson. He's getting a little bit older, had a down year last year, in and out of the lineup with some injuries. Um, but that was somebody that I know that the Jets were interested a few years ago, and we missed the opportunity when he went to Chicago. He's another big name that will be out there. I think my top target that I would like to see the Jets get is Mike Williams, um, the Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver. He was a former first-round pick. He's around 6'4", 6'5". He's got phenomenal speed, and he, you know, can take the top off the defense. And as far as a big target for Zach Wilson, I think that would be really, really good. Um, another kind of big-bodied wide receiver would be a Juju Smith-Schuster. This is somebody that I believe the Jets were interested in last year, but he decided to stay with uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh seems to be, you know, in a rebuild situation now that Gravisberger 
is has moved on. Maybe he he gives the Steelers another opportunity, or maybe he tests the water to uh, come into free agency and Joe Douglas goes after him for the second year in a row. Again, these were rumors last year, but um, you never know what could happen. <clears throat> now for the tight ends, I'm going to go through this real quick here. Um, there is an abundance of tight ends in the free agency position that the Jets could target. Eric Ebron was a name that I saw, Evan Ingram, Mike Kosicki, David Njoku, and O.J. Howard. Now, O.J. Howard has kind of fallen far from being one of those top uh, selections by Tampa over the last few years. They've brought in Gorkowski and some other tight ends, and he's been kind of phased out, but he's still probably one of the better or if not the best blocking tight end that could come out of this free agency class, and the Jets have a need for that. And he probably won't warrant a very, very big contract. Um, I think if the Jets were smart, they would dip their toes into the free agency market and get a good blocking tight end, somebody with youth like an O.J. Howard, and then maybe try to find your pass-catching tight end in the draft in this way. You give Zach Wilson a great opportunity to work with two formidable tight ends in, in this uh, LaFleur system. So I really, really like that. <clears throat> you know, to give you guys some numbers here, um, you know, each of these receivers um, have had over 3,000 yards. Um, and out of, you know, Juju has had 27 touchdowns in his career. Mike Williams has had 26. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. has got 56 touchdowns. Um, that, that I think that leads out of everybody um, in the free agency market. And then you got Godwin at 29. Um, you know, the only realistic guys, like that I said before, would probably be Juju and Mike Williams. Out of the tight ends that I've mentioned, all of the ones that, um, that I've included tonight have had over 13 or more touchdowns. Uh, and they've had at least, you know, one to three seasons with over 500 yards receiving at the tight end position. Um, that would absolutely be a personal best for this Jets roster. We have not had success with the tight ends at all in years. So uh, I do believe that free agency will be a very, very good place for the Jets to fill those massive voids at tight end. Okay. I'm going to go hop over now to the defensive side. So the biggest needs and weaknesses that I feel – the Jets have um, in the defensively. Number one, they were 32nd in the league for giving up the most yards per game, which was 397 yards per game. They also allowed 504 points in the season. That was the league's worst. So I know that a lot of uh, people are pounding the table for the Jets to go all in on offense for Zach Wilson, and that makes a lot of sense because you want to surround him with the most talent possible. Pretty much everybody's been saying that. But if you have a really good offense and your your defense can't help you out, you're not going to win many football games anyway. So uh, the Jets' defensive needs are maybe more uh, way heavy, a little bit more on that side than they do the offense, even though, you know, as I stated, they were 26 total in uh, total rankings and 28th in point scores offensively. So uh, being 32nd in multiple categories on defense, um, you know, that, that really stinks. So Jets absolutely need to in, make improvements across the board. The three positions that I see is cornerback is one of them. 
I think linebacker is another, and I think edge rusher obvious, is the most obvious one. Now, the reason why at cornerback number one is the Jets had seven interceptions last year. That was 31st overall in the league. And, uh, you know, I like what I see from Bryce Hall. I think that he's a viable, you know, corner, that a starting corner. I think Brandon Eccles is a good depth guy. I know he played as the number two guy last year, but I do feel that there is room for improvement there. Um, there is potential with Michael Carter uh, as our nickel corner of the rookie season. Uh, but as we know, you have to have depth and you have to continue to get talent. Getting covered sacks are just as good as having um, edge rushing sacks. You may be able to get more sacks accrued, um, you know, with having better defensive play from your secondary than, you know, spending quarterback money uh, in the free agency market for pass rushers. Jets had 33 sacks last year. That was 25th overall in the league. Uh, I believe the Steelers ranked number one with 55. So the Jets were good for maybe one sack a game last year. Can't, that's not going to cut it. They have to do better than that. So, uh, you know, getting a top corner I think is going to be really, really helpful. As far as the linebacker position is, I think that they need somebody with athleticism that can match the skill set of C.J. Mosley. They need someone who can <clears throat> be sound in, in zone or man coverage. And then, you know, every now and again, give you a good pass rush as well. Um, obviously, edge rusher is something that a lot of people talk about. Uh, I have that as the number three uh, weakness on this team. Getting Carl Lawson back next year is going to be a big, big addition to this defense. But one man is certainly not going to be enough. So the Jets will probably have to look at edge rusher in free agency and then again in the draft. So for my top free agent um, targets, cornerback, I think J.C. Jackson uh, is probably the most talented, um, in my opinion, that's out there. I think that would be phenomenal, and he would immediately be the number one on this team. I also like Artie Burns, uh, Roswell Douglas, and Kevin King. And with all of these players that I just mentioned here, uh, you know, J.C. Jackson leads the bunch with 25 interceptions in his career. Uh, 53 um, uh, pass deflections. Um, those numbers are absolutely awesome. Uh, you know, Artie Burns is another guy that is just really, really sound um, defensively. You know, only four interceptions, but 33 pass deflections tells me that he's a guy that, you know, can get you that pass breakup every now and again. Roswell Douglas, somebody that I really, really liked um, a few years ago, um, you know, ends up with 237 total tackles, 10 interceptions, 47 pass deflections, and a couple defensive touchdowns. I mean, that just has playmaker written all over it. I think he would be a really, really good asset. And then someone that has been a little injured the last couple of years and hasn't had a lot of time on the field, but has had a lot of time to heal and has the potential to be a top corner, I believe, in Kevin King. Now, his numbers don't jump off the page with, you know, 197 total tackles, seven interceptions, and 30 pass deflections. And this guy only played, I believe, six games last year for Green Bay. So um, it looks like he'll be testing the um, free agency market. And being that he's coming off of a year where he was a little banged up and injured, he may come at a much better discount than some of the other players that I mentioned. And I think that the potential with him and the ceiling for him is very high. Going over to the linebackers, 
Um, you know, these guys I'll put as my 1A, 1B. I really, really, really like Hassan Reddick. I believe that he fits that void of the athletic linebacker that can give you an occasional pass rush and drop into zone coverage. Um, Kwan Alexander, somebody that has Pro Bowl material written all over them. He did phenomenal in Tampa a few years ago. He had a short stint with San Francisco, I believe, at the same time that Robert Sala was there. So bringing in a vet like that with C.J. Mosley, I think that would be a one-two punch right there. So Reddick or Kwan Alexander, I think, would be absolute home runs for the Jets' defense at the linebacker position. And then to mention another top-tier guy that I don't think the Jets will have money for, but Leighton Van Der Esch, um, somebody that just see ball, get ball, um, racked up a bunch of tackles. Um, he wouldn't give you what you want as far as, you know, getting after the quarterback and doing things like that. Um, <clears throat> you know, he only has uh, two and a half sacks in his career compared to uh, Reddick, who's got 31. So clearly Reddick gives you a lot more opportunities to get after the pass rusher. Um, that's why I like him very much. Um, as far as Kwan Alexander, you're looking at eight interceptions in his career, 520-plus tackles, 12 sacks, and a touchdown. Again, I think with he and Mosley, they would do phenomenal things together. Going to my last position here for the defense on the biggest needs, um, this is the edge position. Guys that I think the Jets should go for, Dante Fowler Jr., somebody I've talked about probably the last two, three years on this on this podcast. Um, I just think that, you know, he's got great edge rushing talent. And uh, obviously you pair him with some of the guys that we have it, <clears throat> on the roster now. He gives you more of that athletic speed style pass rush compared to Lawson's, you know, power and just mauling kind of edge rushing technique. I think that would be a good combo to have your bruiser on one side and your speed guy on the other. A familiar face to uh, Robert Sala who plays more of a defensive end, that would be Solomon Thomas. Um, he came from San Francisco, so he would be familiar with our system. I think he would be in easy position and someone that could understand the defense you know, much quicker than anyone else. And then lastly, Emmanuel Ogba. I was kind of shocked that the Browns let him go a couple of years ago. He went to Miami. He had a couple successful seasons, I believe nine-plus sacks in both years. Uh, so he clearly has you know, that level of talent to get toward double-digit sacks. Um, to go over some of these guys' numbers here, um, you're looking at 200 tackles from Fowler with 35 sacks. Um, Solomon Thomas, who's been on and off the field, plays a little bit more interior defense, um, defensive tackle and defensive end. He would kind of be somebody that you can kind of move around the defensive line with our all our big guys down there. And he only has nine and a half sacks, but you know, maybe another year with Sala, Carl Lawson, Quinn and Williams, John Franklin Myers, you know, who's to say that you bring in a guy like Thomas and that becomes one of the best defensive lines in the AFC, maybe in the league. And then Ogba, 237 total tackles and 36 sacks in his career. So clearly they, they bring that pass rushing talent that the Jets would love to have. So, um, this was a quick one. Um, you know, this is uh, about all that I have for tonight. Uh, but to, you know, recap here, looking at the interior offensive line, looking at the wide receiver in the tight end position on the offensive side of the ball, I think 
those three positions. If the Jets can find any sort of talent, plug-and-play kind of guys, offense is going to be much better than it was last year, and this will make Zach Wilson's life significantly easier. So that is where I think the Jets should start with making a better offense. Defensively, cornerback, linebacker, and pass rusher, edge rusher. Um, You're talking about the three tiers of the defense. That'll give you balance. Um, The Jets were definitely not balanced last year. A lot of players in and out of the the roster at all of those levels, and that's what primarily led to their downfall and uh, letting up 504 points on defense. All right, everybody. Um, We'd like to thank you for tuning in. Uh, For tonight's episode, we've officially started the conversation for the 2022 season. I'd like to remind everyone to go to JetNation.com and check out our website. The forums are nonstop Jets conversation, so you've got to check out the forums at JetNation.com. Go to our YouTube page. Uh, We have Glenn Naughton out there doing interviews, doing some stuff on YouTube, which is really great. We've got Green Bean um, on pretty much all the social medias that you can find. Does a lot of work on Instagram and YouTube. He's collaborating with other Jet um, YouTubers on a weekly basis. So you have to check out Green Bean. He's got nonstop great Jets uh, conversations rolling and questions, and he gets right into it whenever he hears anything that is a sizzling topic. So don't forget to check out Green Bean. Everybody. Thanks for uh, stopping by and uh, joining us here at Jet Nation Radio. Be safe and have a great week, everyone. And as per usual, let's go Jets. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Jet Nation Radio. Glenn is at AceFan23 and Alex is at NYJetsLife24. Until next time, go Jets.